And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome into another Hold That Podcast podcast. I'm your host, T-Bob Bear, joined by my co-host, the Athletics' own Brody Miller. Brody, what's up, dude? Not too much, man. It's been a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, in the off season, so we kind of slowed down a little just for our, our listeners, so you know. But spring football's here, a lot going on, so it's just good to like think. I hate when like every podcast starts like things are feeling normal, but I will say like <laughs> I'm getting on like football zooms lately, and just like last fall, football zooms felt so like just depressing and like yeah. static and like just dry and like now we're doing these and there's like actual like vibrance going on and like we were able to go to a practice a uh, week and a half ago and we're going to one this week and like pro days tomorrow and i'm actually able to go to that and it's like things are like you're just starting to feel like you're actually covering football in a normal world and that itself feels good so it also means a podcast is going to feel good right now so that's how i'm doing how about you you know what that's called the the new normal uh yeah the yeah new, sweet the new, didn't new get normal. sick of hearing about that did you uh I, i'm i'm, I'm Yo, have you heard that the roaring 20s are going to be coming back because like i don't know if you've read that but like i don't think that's what i'm saying wait that actually has escaped my grasp is that like the hotness no. right now they're saying I'm, we're like roaring 20s it. it's, like a, part it's like a real thing but it's just like there's just been like eight different think pieces that have been i've written or like yeah. seen on like different places of like yeah but like you know like after all this is going to be like the roaring 20s again just like everyone's saying that like it's like a fresh take well, yeah. I mean, we are at a time where I think our wealth is oh, distributed yeah. even even worse than it was during the industrial Baron Lord time. So who knows? Either way, though, this is an LSU football podcast, and uh, we are back, and we're feeling good. I'm getting vaccinated, Brody. So yeah, I am feeling good, I dude. Am and we are getting back to normal, and uh, it's awesome. And and we're going to talk LSU today. We're going to be going weekly again for the foreseeable future. Um, this break was just kind of natural. It wasn't even like we like sat down and talked about it. Just kind of happened um and so we'll be back for the next few weeks uh we're going to talk today we're going to start with spring practice as uh there have been two weeks of spring now a couple of scrimmages and uh, you know it's it's the old i always talk about it's the old uh ray when she picks up the lightsaber luke when he picks it it's like these are your first steps uh for the new team spring practice uh, fourth quarter is kind of your first steps these where you really start to get into it pole position for the uh for 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 the race that is the season come fall camp time so this is where your your 2021 team will begin to take shape and after two weeks we've got some interesting nuggets that's what we're gonna do today we're gonna talk about the three things um each of us the three things that are intriguing you the most right now about lsu football uh brody i will hand the floor to you do you want to start I'll start just with the obvious one, like we like simultaneously like are obligated to talk about, but it is genuinely interesting because I didn't think it would be interesting, and that's quarterback. I think quarterback. I 
I, I spent like two months saying, yeah, I think it's not really going to be a real competition. Like, I think it's going to be a fake one where, you know, it's going to be Miles Brennan's and all that. And, and I'm like, hey, they like these guys. So they're going to give them all a chance. And, but, I mean, it really does at this point to me feel like a real competition. I actually believe that now. And, and I, I still think there's a good chance Miles Brennan's the starter. I just don't think it's like obvious anymore. And I think I've heard Max Johnson has just looked really good. And he's mm. just a guy who... You know, I've heard the way it's been told to me is kind of like Ed Ogeron probably didn't really know how good Max Johnson was until he saw him in a game, which is what you and I were saying in the fall. That like He's probably not, not a guy who's just going to like wow you in practice because it's not just like he's not like a, a physical tools guy necessarily. And then you saw then they was really impressed what he did those two starts. And now you have that knowledge. Now you're seeing him in spring, looking at him through like a different prism. I think they're really impressed. And then. Brennan, I mean, obviously, I think he he had a nice scrimmage Saturday. I've heard things look good. And then the wild card on top of that, and by the way, I'm not saying this person will start or anything like that. I'm not getting ahead of that. But they are, like, blown away by Garrett Nussmeyer right now. They yeah. are, like, he is the most talent, is just the goods. Like, that guy is going to be a star in college football at some point. They really believe that. So it's just, like, I, I don't know what I think is going to happen, but I'm, I'm surprised that it – that it's even interesting and that it actually is this much of a competition. Cause I actually don't know what's going to happen right now. Yeah. I, I, I too. Um, I mean, I think we kind of did our prediction. We both thought that miles would end up winning that starting job, but max is so right now, if you haven't heard, I believe, is this how working Brody is max taking the first, first reps, but they are splitting them between <laughs> three guys or four guys. Like how exactly four is guys, rotation yeah, working it's right now? It's a semantic smorgasbord. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the first first reps. I love that. <laughs> yes, Max Johnson is getting the. He is going first, but they are all splitting first team reps. Okay. Um, and the Max stuff is interesting too because, like, like you said, they didn't know how he would perform physically. They were always kind of in love with his intangibles, though. Like you always heard, like this Max Johnson. I mean, this cat could be good. And so then he ends up going two and zero. So I, I agree with those logic there. That's like, well, you know, we had one guy that went two and zero. If we really do believe that it's pretty much like an equal playing field into the competition, that's you know, we we have to choose some metric uh, as to who should get the first first Definitely. reps, and we don't want to make it just like seniority based. So yeah, let's just do it by the record, and 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 so there you go. Um, yeah, now I'm with you. I can't pretend to know who wins this job. But it's, I mean, it's, I had one person say like it's actually. I mean, I'm not. This isn't like me reporting this. But I had one person suggest like right now it seems actually fifty fifty between those two. And that's a good problem to have. It's 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 the inverse of something that may crop up later, which is the offensive line where you have no competition. Not say that you don't like your starters, but you have no room for improvement. Really, you have nobody like pushing them to to be better. Uh, that is not the case at quarterback. Those two, or those two, three, however many end up legitimately in that conversation, are going to be pushing constantly up until the very end. When do you think they would name a guy? I, I feel like maybe like halfway through camp. I don't feel like they would get into the brinksmanship yeah. of before the game. Maybe they would. They they won't do that in the locker room. Maybe they will do that publicly. They will have a starter, I believe, named during fall camp, like two weeks in. I, I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah, it's exactly what I would say. I don't think they'll call it after spring. I don't think they'll call it early in camp, but I do think it will be a little bit like um, the the Joe Burrow, you know, yeah. 2018 one where it's like they knew all camp or at least a few like two weeks left probably into camp. I think Owen them knew it was Burrow, but they didn't like, technically say it's him until that Monday. I think that's a good comp. Uh, I think that's probably a, a, a good indication. And, and, you know, 
the other thing I wrote about when you know, oh, announced it's a competition and all that is that a lot of this is also, again, I don't think this is fraudulent because as I just said, I, it's a real competition. But a lot of this is also like a little bit of Ogeron knowing how to or learning, I should say, how to manage a quarterback room in an era of transfers where it's like you need all those guys engaged as long as humanly possible. Yeah. So even if you know TJ Finley's not getting that job, you need him as, enga- as engaged as possible so he's not transferring first thing. Or, or And then you also – it's like I've seen some people in my comments and things like that be like, man, like, why are they playing games? Just give it to Brennan. Like, he's earned it, all that stuff, and he waited his turn. And, yeah. and my counter to that is he's never really been in a quarter competition, so he needs this to get better. Like, he he needs a real competition to get better, as you just said about the O-line. And two, if he doesn't win it, that's proof that you shouldn't have handed it to him. Yeah, you know? so exactly. It's, it's not like there is a wrong in this scenario other than like maybe yeah. the bummer of like not getting the guy the reps he needs. But like, I think that's, yeah, that's a little silly. I mean, so yeah, you, I think, you, uh, I think it's a win-win. And the fact that if it really is this close, it's proof that you needed it. I mean, you always talk about it, but he's a Pete Carroll guy and Pete Carroll's literally written a yeah. book on competition. So like, yeah, it's, it's absurd to think of handing to a guy. Like, can you feel for somebody like Brennan? Sure. You know, you wait your turn. You do all the right things. If he's to lose out on this job, that's a huge bummer. But it doesn't mean you can. I mean, it doesn't mean it was all for naught. You're still only always like one play away from going in the game. Look at last year. So everybody's just got to maintain the correct perspective if you're in this competition. And that perspective is I'm going to put the blinders on going to work hard and I'm just going to hope that things shake out for me. Like I'm going to put my best foot forward and let the chips fall where they may. And, and, and that's what wins jobs or lose it. Like that's what a, a good team is made up of multiple position, you know, a ton of guys having that same attitude and doing everything they can individually to win that job. But if they don't, then I'm kind of staying locked in and, and uh, trying to stay as relevant as they can to, because you never know when you're going to be up. Um, okay, so if, if I had to say my most hey, ex- your turn, yeah. exciting thing about spring thus far, you're catching me on a Tuesday. We talked about this morning. There, there's a couple names that stood out, but one name that has become kind of a consistent mention when you talk about these scrimmages or, or just how it's going so far has been Jay Ward. And yes. why Jay Ward becomes exciting is because, and first off, we, look, we're not going to talk coaching hires here. We talked them a lot already. It looks like the coaching hires are going very well. We'll see how it plays out. But um, what, what I love about Jay Ward is, first off, I love Ward's growth last year. I think this morning I said that for la- for three games last year, last three games he's playing like an All American and whatever. Like I was he was he not whatever he what he was doing was making game winning plays. Um, in Arkansas, he had the sequence where he gets a TFL on third and short and then blocks the potential game tying or winning field goal. Uh, he has an incredible pick against Florida. Uh, he just seemed to really come on like something clicked and all of a sudden he was making game when he plays seemingly consistently. And we're like, well, I mean, who's he going to play over? You got Eli Ricks, you got Derek Steely Jr. Even Cardell Flotsberg, that's a lot corner. Well, now they're talking about Jay Ward playing free safety, which is a definite, um, a position of need for LSU. And and when you're talking about the value of safety in this modern kind of football world, this modern offensive football world in which we live in, uh, my eyes this offseason have kind of been open to just how important that position is, a position that a lot of times I, I kind of looked over. But now when you talk to coaches and roster builders and GMs, um, everybody's really valuing that spot. And, and LSU right now doesn't have 
a great answer, maybe, or maybe it's strong. Like the bottom line is that they're moving him to safety. He can still play some corner, but Jay Ward seems to be consistently making plays and emerging. And so all of a sudden now, if he becomes a consistent performer like he was in the final portion of last season, then you got Stingley and Ricks on the edge. You got um you'd have you'd have uh, Stingley Ricks the edge, Cardell Flott, who I think will be very good this year as as your slot corner. You got Ward at safety. And then you've got a ton of other talent to to try to win that other safety position. I mean, you're talking about an elite secondary right there. And then you combine that with what I think looks like a very good defensive line. And like, look, you're never going to get back to like the giving up 10 points a game. Uh, those defenses are a thing of the past. But this could certainly become one of the best defenses in the SEC, if not one of the best defenses in the country. So... Nothing I love more, T-Bob, than when you set me up um, for, and it's just, you know, like an LU because I have a story on Ward running first thing tomorrow. Hey. And uh, and no, I, I love everything you said is perfect. I, I love the Ward thing's fascinating because he, like you said, he was a guy who got criticized as much as maybe anybody last season. I mean, he was in the top, what, three or four of players on, like, the casual LSU fan was, LSU fan was torching last yeah, year. Yeah, it's a good point. And it was because he was getting beat. Like, it looked like he was getting beat on all these big plays. And But then, you know, he made the two plays to beat Arkansas. He had that interception against Florida. By the end of the year, you and I talk about it all the time. Like, he just became a guy you went on the field. But I've, I've had a bunch of people kind of, you know, like staffers, different people in the program reach out to me kind of and say – it's a bit misleading how people look at it because he was never really beat badly. He did his assignment and basically in Polini's scheme, there was like this double bracket scheme where, you know, the corner would look like basically they got beat, but it's because the safety got completely torched with either his eyes or his feet and they were late to react or they were freelancing and it ends up looking like the corners beat. And I think one that explains a lot. And I think that's actually really informative on some of those problems last year, but two, I think that does, show a little something about Jay Ward because because I do it I do believe that and you know and they are really high on him like you said and he's just a guy who yeah I think he he's just a player you know he's just a guy who isn't like huge he isn't a freak but he just knows how to play the game he's got a competitiveness he's got a kind of grittiness I know he's I remember the story was he's a guy that like Corey Raymond fell in love with in high school and they stole him from Kentucky but yeah, yeah he's committed really to Kentucky that said, competition now is fascinating because Todd Harris is like the guy you keep there because he's earned it and all that. But like, I don't know if his spot's set in stone, you know, he's a guy who struggled. He's never really looked like a, a key starting SEC safety. You know, he's just always had kind of little flaws, but he has injuries and all that ward. I don't know if that's his long-term landing spot, but they love him there right now. And then you, Jordan tolls as as talented as anybody. I mean, he could, he could absolutely. And, and O told you guys this morning that, you know, he is, he's one of the guys pushing. And then you do have those two true freshmen who yeah. are the most talented, who are top 100 yeah. guys and, and Derek Davis and, and Sage Ryan. And I know you said all this already, but it's just, it's a fascinating spot because the talents there, there's just like no experience or no, you know, sure thingness. And that's true of a lot of positions on this roster, but yeah, I'm all in on talking about Jay Ward just because he is so interesting. A guy that, that looks like he's getting beat all the time, but maybe we just have it wrong. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and that, and that, and that's where you, you mentioned kind of no experience. That's where Ward would, I think, bring some value. He is very battle-tested, and he's been battle-tested recently. And as you point out, he's gone through the shit recently. Like, he's had to deal with that. Uh, he's, he's dealt with a firestorm of criticism, which was a way of kind of tempering you and hardening you and, uh, I, I think, making you a bit better. So... I think Jay Ward to be very intriguing. Um, I'll go ahead and do my number two. Yeah, we'll do like draft snake style. drafts. Yep. <laughs> look at Dude, you. Look at us. Look at us. I mean, who would have guessed? Uh, I think the longer we go without recording, the closer we tend to get. It's just, <laughs> it's just my thing. It's like a long distance relationship. Absence just like makes to see each other. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I will say I'm going to stick with another individual, though I've got a position group that I want to talk about, but I'll stick with another individual. And because I think it's, I, I guess in my mind, this could almost could be substituted interesting for most surprising because this is another name that got a lot of love this morning from both oh Derek Sneely Sr. some other people I talked to but that's on the offensive side of the ball Devonte Lee and really when I you're talking about that. yeah go. so really when you're talking about wide receiver too I find that position group to be fascinating as a whole because <laughs> when we think about it we're like oh well there's like Keishon Butte there's a ton of talent there they're gonna be great and, and that's true but who are the top three receivers, right? Like it's it's Kayshawn Butte, then who is it? Trey Jenkins, is it Coy Moore, is it Trey Palmer? Is it going to be one of these young cats like Brian Thomas or Chris Hilton? Like the you you know there's a lot of good players there, but who will it be? And the name that almost never cropped up in the past was Devonte Lee, but now all of a sudden it was on defense last year. Yeah, and and now all of a sudden, um, he's playing linebacker of all positions, right? But all of a sudden, he has now gotten, I think, love from O like twice in a row, maybe? Like, gone out of his way to mention him. And then we asked Derek Stanley Sr., who's at every scrimmage, a similar question. And he was like, look, the guy on the wide receiver group that's shocking me is Devontae Lee. They, he said he's just going up there and, like, high-point balls, like big dogging balls. Just, like, going up there and grabbing him and ripping him down. And so, I look, I, maybe this is just a hot day for Lee. Or something, um, but 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 I thought it was pretty fascinating for him to point out. Really, I guess if I was to answer this now that we're just doing this, it would be that wide receiver position. I, I find it to be fascinating. I know it's going to be good, but who will it be? And there's so much competition there. I mean, another guy that got huge love today was Coy Moore. So DJ Mangus has brought back the summer of ten thousand catches. Well, who leads the way thus far? Uh, Coy Moore already has over six thousand catches dj mangus got here what like two months ago maybe three so you're talking about a couple thousand a month i mean that is daily putting in the work and lo and behold brody funny how this works uh he's got over six thousand catches and practice or whatever who has the least amount of drops in the spring coy Moore. 
And Coy Moore is always already someone who I thought was coming on strong at the end. And then you're like, okay, well, but how are they going to find time to play all these guys, right? Because there's still Trey Jiggins, there's still Trey Palmer, there's still these young cats, still Kayshawn Boutte. And so I, it's kind of like the quarterback room in that I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, but it looks like you have a lot of guys that uh, people are very high on. The Devontae Lee thing is so tricky to me because – we I we know he can. I first off, I hadn't heard that, so that's actually very informative. But thank you. Uh, he, we know he can be that stud jump ball guy. Because if you go back to 2019, it was like every time you talk to like Jamar Chase or like one of the corners, you know, like a Kerry Vincent or somebody like that, or one, like or even a Grant Delpit. Like you talk to anybody and be like, man, like what do you see from those freshmen? Every single time they'd be like, Devontae Lee is the best jump ball receiver I've ever seen. Like they they were always talking about like he would just make these absurd like Randy Moss style, just like over the corner in the corner, like in the by the pylon catches. And that was like his thing. But his problem was, you know, maybe didn't always, you know, understand the the playbook. Maybe yeah. he wasn't doing some of the little other things right. But like he has that one like super marketable skill while maybe not being complete. And like it's not like there wasn't a reason. There is a reason they moved in the linebacker. I know part of it was they needed depth there. It was a lot of it was that. But it was also like it didn't seem like it was working out long term at receiver. So it's like my feelings are. I completely buy that he is dominating like he like we're saying at receiver because I, I do believe that is an absurd skill he has. He's so good at those one-on-one jump ball situations. And by the way, you need a guy like that. And I don't think Booty or Moore are exactly that. Even Jenkins probably isn't. So trust me, I'm not I'm not downplaying any of that stock. I would just love when I get a chance to talk to either O tonight or or sometime soon to ask like how is he doing and all the other aspects of You raised a good point. I didn't realize yeah. that that was kind of a consistent, uh, like, consistent Well, it was like, those were things we were him. all writing, to be clear. It was just kind of like one of those, like, throwaway comments every time we talked to, like, a guy. It'd be like, and by the way, man, Coy Moore just, like, jumped over Derek Stingley. You know, it wasn't, like, a big deal. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, I, I like that as a as one to bring up. And, yeah, receiver is so weird. It's It's kind of, it reminds me of how we've talked about the running room for the past, what, three years, where it's like, you know the talent's good. It's just like which guy technically steps up. And at the end of the day, my guess is it is going to be Booty Moore and Jenkins. And then like maybe by like the last six games, like a Deion Smith ends up taking over or something like that, or or Lee gets more time. But I just have this gut feeling that they they trust more in Jenkins. I mean, and and then you still have the other freshmen too. So it's like it's 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 a full room. Um, I okay. So that's my number two. What's your number two? I think. I'm, it's gonna be like a, it's a. I'm cheating, but you know what? Screw it. Um, it's just like two guys who I just think are like the biggest just buzz names of camp, and, and it's it's Bug Strong and Mason Smith. Yeah, um, Bug Strong. Uh, for, for, I'm entering what my fifth season covering SEC football. I'm, that's that's actually bizarre to think about, and. And I've never like profiled a JUCO player before he arrived. I've never done that because it's just like one JUCO players are a complete crapshoot. Two, it's like really rare for them to like be like JUCO player. We know he's gonna start. You know, we know he's a guy. You know, like it's always like a, yeah, we need him for depth. They're like I hope he plays stuff like that. But Bug Strong was like leading up to when they they suck him and got him from Mississippi State. That was like a very strong feedback situation where it's like, this guy is the goods. This is a bigger win than anybody's talking about. Yeah. And this guy could start right away. So I, I wrote a big profile on him that ran the, the night of signing day. Remember and that. 
he's a fascinating dude. And I, and I it's one of the few times I'll ever say, like, I hope you read that story because it's just a fun story. And he's, he's, he's an interesting guy who who once said in the interview to the Sun-Herald, um, I like taking the life out of people when I hit them. So, yeah, this guy is <laughs> Look, a I'll say it for you. Brody is an incredible writer. If you listen to this podcast and somehow that's not what we do read here. Brody's work on The Athletic, uh, you're you're missing out. So you should definitely go read the Bucks Rung profile and everybody else. Uh, well, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, linebackers just is is another one of those pitches I always talk about. Like, who's actually going to step up? Because I don't think anyone actually ever stepped up last year and things like that. Basketball earned trust and all that. But and I think you're seeing Bug Strong like really just like break out as like, oh, this guy is a dude. And at the end of the day, I just have this. Damone Clark is improving. Damone Clark is you know a great kid and a smart kid and a guy they really think highly of. And obviously we know he's the physical tool. So I'm never going to rule him out, but he's also lost the chance to get like the benefit of the doubt. Right. That was a really rough season. It just was. And, and, you know, Micah Baskerville, again, not going to rule him out either just because he, he was really good last year. But again, he's literally not with the team right now, academic issues. They're hoping he's back by fall, maybe even optimistic, I would say, but he's not here right now. So can't really count him. So yeah, I have a gut feeling it's going to end up being Bug Strong and Mike Jones Jr. as the two main linebackers. And and that is really interesting to think it's going to be two transfers come in and, and possibly start right there. We don't, I'm not going to begin to predict what Jones is going to be because I just don't know. Yeah. It seems like he'd be like a Jabril Cox type, but but no, Bug Strong seems like he is just a a dude, and we've been we've been bitten on the linebacker hype train before. So I'm not going to do it too hard, well, but I'm still doing it. I mean, it. I don't look. Guys, can't wait. I can't wait to see him lay someone out. Last year's hype train was nothing to do with Jabril Cox. Uh, that we, we no, I'm talking about Demon Clark. I, oh, I ran yes. that one. I'm like, this well, guy's going to be awesome. Well, well, I would say I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about Mike Jones. You're right. I'm I'm right there with you. I do know about Bug Strong, and yes, everything you said is true. He will be your starter. Um. I'm not willing to count out Timon yet. And what you said, I'm not saying you said. But so on Bug, let's just focus on Bug here. Uh, let's focus on Bug. I love Derek Stingley. See, look, there's a problem with his defense, too. They don't have a lot of that meanness. They don't have somebody who wants Ooh. to uh, hit people and take their souls. In fact, that's actually another thing they were giving Jay Ward credit for, is being a thumper, which also you like out of your safety, kind of make people a bit afraid to go over the middle. Well... I love what Derek was talking about this morning, Stingley Sr., where he was saying he was talking to somebody at the scrimmage, just like chilling, talking, and he's hearing this like, pow, it's kind of like crack, like <laughs> this repeated crack, and all of a sudden he looks over, and it's Bug Strong hitting people, just like laying down the wood, going through people's chest. And and if you've been out on a football practice field, you know that sound that I'm talking about. Not all hits are created equal, and it sounds like this dude's doing it consistently and they say that you know he's doing great with uh picking up the playbook the calls and everything so when you think about linebacker at lsu it has been pretty incredible recently i mean you take last year out of it and you're talking about nfl guy after nfl guy and who knows maybe lsu found their latest kind of late bloomer diamond in the rough here and Bug Strong, because all I've heard about him is that he hits the hell out of people. He's really damn good, and he's bringing back some of that kind of nastiness, that enforcer ad- attitude to the LSU defense. And what's great for him, excuse me, what's great for him, Brody, is he will be playing behind what I would actually say is the third most interesting thing about this LSU team right now, um, or third thing that's just on this random Tuesday in my mind. Uh, but but it's all I talked about this morning. We did the entire segment on, and that is this defensive line. 
could be really damn good. Um, like really, really good. And and when you look at how Nick Saban originally built the foundation at LSU to win championships and how that carried over to the Miles era, that was all built through the defensive line. Ed Ogeron's a defensive line coach. He knew like one of his main goals when he took this job was to get the D-line back to that level. And they're not quite to like the, you know, Lavalle, Roten, Spears, uh, like like Kyle Williams, just like NFL guy after NFL guy. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they could be. They might be. I mean, we'll see how this plays out. But when you look right now in the interior, and it's and it's such a fascinating mixture of old and young, right? In the interior, you have yeah. Neil Farrell and Glenn Logan, two like super seniors. Ollie Gay's an upperclassman. Andre Anthony, they called the leader of this team before. And then you also have these incredible young talents like B.J. Ojolari, uh, Jaqueline Roy. You mentioned him turning a corner, you know, Florida and Ole Miss last year and and just how dominant he was starting to look at that time. And then, as you said, dude, everybody cannot stop talking about the kid from Homa, Mason Smith. They said this dude is a giant. Oh, said he had three sacks on Saturday. So, Bug Strong looks like he's going to be very good, and it looks like he could potentially be playing behind an incredibly good defensive line. And then so you combine that with the best corner combination in the country. If Ward can help solve your safety issues, like it's three levels of a defense that are starting to come together quite nicely, which is I think could could maybe warm LSU fans' souls a little bit considering what you witnessed defensively last year, which was just you know one of the worst defenses in the entire country, but what are your thoughts? Am I am I am I I'm probably overhyped? But I'm off. Am I off base on this D line? Well, for, no, and, and I actually want to dive into that. But and the last thing I'll just say on Bug is that or I'm just going to Bug strong is is just for our listeners. It's I think it's ob- when you hear Thumper, you think like just like a big like 1980s linebacker, just like who can't run sideline. That to is sideline. actually what I think. I I in my brain, Bug I do too. Strong, I totally Bug do. Strong yeah. is like a 1990s movie character. I and he's got like he's just that. like murdering people and he's like 260 pounds out there and he looks like like Zach Thomas or something. Exactly. But like you said, he's picking up the playbook well. I mean, the things I heard about him from, you know, his JUCO coaches and and it's tricky because I think you hate to get into stereotypes, but so often with the it's pretty common, I should say, with junior college players that by, like they are not usually the highest football IQ guys. They just normally aren't. You, you've played with probably plenty of them, so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I feel like normally that tends to not be a. Oh, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is the guy who, I mean, the stories you hear is like he was a coach on the field. And his DC, for what it's worth, his linebacker coach, is a guy who's been on Mississippi State staffs and stuff like that. He's not just some schmuck, you know, so he knows what he's talking about. And he was like, this guy would like argue me on what play to run and be completely right and change the game or like he he was calling things out in the field and then also to counter the thumper thing we're talking about again he's playing mississippi juco ball which is the best level of junior college football every receiver he's facing is a actual most of them are actual d1 receivers and they would pretty often feel comfortable putting him in one-on-one coverage okay. in the slot with okay. a receiver and, and and actually winning some of those battles so it's like we are riding the hype train beyond belief but i just the the stories you're hearing so far are just so strong that i can't wait to see what happens but back to the d-line yeah so okay so that's so that's bug strong and and how <laughs> linebackers are set up for success is well, with a great D-line that can keep guys off of him and, and you know, force decision points and stuff. So what do you think about yeah, the D-line? Yeah, I mean, of course, it is a clear strength. And, yes, we we also thought it was a clear strength last year, and it didn't, like, 
quite turn into that. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But no, this especially defensive tackle just seems ridiculous. Like a pl- like it just a ridiculous level of riches where Joseph Evans, who by the way for like three weeks looked like their bestie tackle last year, is probably their like ninth right now or eighth. And even though he's looking really good in the scrimmage Saturday, like it's just kind of re- Mason Smith right now seems like. He's probably the best freshman they brought in since, like, you know, it's him and Stingley, right? Like, yeah, he just seems dude. like he is that holy crap. I mean, he, he he's immediately going to have to start dealing with uh, Glenn Dorsey type stuff. Like, like Glenn, Dor- like Glenn oh, Dorsey's real, yeah. name is going to start getting brought up consistently when it comes to Mason Smith. And in Louisiana football, like, as a D lineman, that's the equivalent of being compared to Joe Burrow. Like there oh, is, there, there is no higher bar to have to live up to. So I feel for Mason in a way, but hell, all that means is that he's kicking so much ass that he's impressing all the right people to to a pretty and- special degree. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And there's something to the fact that he's been in the spotlight for a ridiculous amount of time yeah, for any yeah. kid. I mean, like I, he, I knew who he was when he was a sophomore, and that's not that common. I mean, I cover college football in Louisiana. I don't often know the high school sophomores, and I knew him. You know, like he's a he's been a very public figure for quite a while in the state, but he's still like from Homa, so I think he's still a pretty blue collar kid. So he's he has. I just don't think this is going to be a thing where like he gets a ton of attention and that kind of ruins him or anything like that. I think he's pretty used to it, and it's actually going to be healthy for him. I mean the. the yeah, Right Julie, now is Julie, he should Julie, actually um, like start as a freshman, which when you consider damn. the depth they have and you have the fact he's a freshman, it's like the one position you should never consider a freshman as an obvious starter. It's just absurd the hype around him right now. I mean, he's the real deal. Yeah, and to your point on like hanging the publicity, remember Julie Boudouin did that excellent piece, oh, she, yeah, piece she on him the Mason called Smith for a long time. Uh, yeah. Big Man on the Bayou. So like literally he is already being championed as like the uh, you know as as this heroic type of figure coming out of uh, I mean, one of the most Louisiana parts of Louisiana. I mean, is he the best 
I mean, I know, hey, no, no insult to your dad or, or Ed, but I mean, is he the best player to ever come out of that area? I mean, I, I don't know. I can't pretend to know the area well enough, but yeah, 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 but I mean, no, but definitely, I mean, look, my dad wasn't a big prospect. You know, he went to Northwestern State. Oh, went to LSU and then True. bailed and went to Northwestern State. So yeah, I mean, I, th- there would be better old heads than me to probably answer that question, but he's the best since I've been doing this job. And the in positive my with right. Yeah, I think you're right. And the positive with what you're hearing with the D-line room right now is, and I promise I'm going to throw some negatives out there in a second, a cool T-Bob type. so we're not going all positive here. But <laughs> the the D-line, it's it's the things you're hearing where you liked what you saw from Gay and Anthony and Ojolari last year. Yeah, but what you're hearing right now is there is a better, because you have everyone back and you have, like we're talking about, this mix of old and young, I think that's always really important. You're having like you're hearing talk of Gay and Anthony just like constantly competing with each other and like going at it and like holding each other accountable. And when they don't do a drill well, they're like on their at the other one's ass yep. and stuff like that. Then those two are holding Ojolari accountable. Like that is what you want. And I think that's like the number one thing that 2020 was missing that 2019 had. And I could I would love to recite that great Zach von Rosenberg rant from the fall about just how that culture of like needing to put in the work kind of went away because they won a championship. And, yep. and I think, so I think that's really healthy to have right now. Well, like and the summer have, of 10,000 catches, right? Is that, that's 100%. just a very concrete example. You did that for 2019. You didn't do it again. The new coach didn't, you know, it, it, you just didn't do it again. And then DJ Mangus has now brought it back. So yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, D tackle is just kind of silly right now. We're like to and Roy was obvious the next big thing by the time last season ends like that dude is a stud that dude should make a lot of all sec teams and now like even he's getting surpassed because just like the talent's so crazy and now you're like glenn logan and neil farrell who are three to four year sec starters are like the boring names even though like you know exactly what you're getting from them i don't know how much upside they have right now but they're very solid players and it's just yeah i think you have uh, an embarrassment of riches on the d-line right now and then but then the only thing I'll say to kind of mute like your well, full well hold on hold on before yeah, before, in, before we get to muting I do want to wax <laughs> uh, romantic a little bit because Uh-oh. let's say that Mason Smith lives up to all this hype um, let's say that LSU you know gets back and they're vying for championships and like Smith is like a key part of it there is a and then it sets you up for years of success, right? Like like the golden generation that LSU's been living in, really, for the last 20 years. Like Glenn Dorsey, in a lot of ways, maybe didn't kick that off, but he brought it to even uh, a higher level. There would be something wonderfully romantic about a man from cutoff Louisiana and Ed Ogeron kind of coming out of the bayou to, to, to recapture that glory. And then this... Uh, incredible player coming out of the same area coming out of the bayou out of Thibodeau and kind of uh leading the 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 restoration of the LSU D-line to elite status I just as a uh fan of kind of narratives I enjoy that I hope that comes to pass I'm cool with that yeah I mean because I mean even like a Stingley I mean we know he's probably the best football player LSU I mean shoot I mean Burrow's the answer but like terms of just like literal like just pure talent ability like Derek Stingley's probably the best football player we've yeah. seen here in a, in, a, in a decade at least but but I mean I but he's pretty quiet keep to himself guy he doesn't really do interviews anything like that you know I think Mason Smith's gonna be a guy that just like matters here for a long time you yeah. know I know it's again we're I'm just going with your romantic corniness like I feel like he is going to be a thing he's gonna be a figure he's gonna be a, 
a talker, a guy people know. Like I think he's going to be somebody who's remembered here for a long time if 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 all goes to plan. So I actually I, I back that up. Okay, now Mr. Context King, let's let's oh, temper let's temper let's no, I'm just, temper. I'm, first off, I'm pretty high on this defense. No, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I, I, know, I know. But I just want because yeah, I think you were just like I think you're getting a little carried away with like the possibilities. Why? Absolutely. Am. As much as I like am all in on bug strong and all that, like I still think linebacker and safety are incredibly insecure, I guess. Like, you it's know, fair. I think I I'm relatively confident strong is going to be a dude, but I have no assurances on who the second starter is. If they're going to be good. Cause if it's Clark or Baskerville, you know, like you, you know what the pros and cons are already. So we know what that can show. We don't know what Jones is. So like Josh white is coming along. I do like Josh white, but like, you know, dude, I have no idea what linebacker is going to look like. And again, it is a Juco. You just have to have a, until I see it, I can't believe it. You just have to a little bit. And then safety, I, I'm literally writing a Jay Ward story. I, I think he's going to do well. Todd Harris, you know what you're getting. You have all these five stars. But again, like at the only known commodity in that entire room is the guy who actually looked bad last year. So as much as like I think there's a chance safety's unreal, yeah. I don't know. Like there's no reason to be confident it's going to be good in 2021. Like that'd be kind of foolish of us. So I think this defense should be good. I think it should be. There's no if this defense can just get their communication down and be like like just competent from like a knowing what you're doing point of view. Yeah. This defense should be. And, that, and, that, and that's why I'm confident. Cause yeah. in, in talking to Durante Jones, that's the feeling that I get is that's his greatest strength is teaching and listening to him talk about the impact that being a high school coach and teacher had on him and how to communicate uh, to his students like to, and, and, you know, and customize to their, um, their learning preference, you know, kinetic, phonetic, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and you, I mean, I've read your articles on him and stuff too. It seems like that's kind of a constant theme with him is he's a great teacher. So yeah, I, I, I know I'm being overly optimistic in a homer and whatever. You could probably actually play a lot of last year's defensive talk. And we would have said these same exactly. things. Yeah. Um, but I do feel really good. I feel really good right now about the defense. I feel really good about the team as a whole, actually kind of right now outside of a couple of offensive groups. Mainly, that would be the running backs that I feel bad about. I mean, O straight up called them a major disappointment on today's show. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not good. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, your two known commodity guys who are good, Davis Price and Embry, are both hurt, and they're two guys that, like, I, I don't know if they're exactly like the best locker room, you know, kind of guys, you know, stuff like that. I don't know if they're really like all that. So they're not like they're not your good. You're not like they're not your perfect veteran. So I'm saying. And then you have Trey Bradford, who I actually think they're high on. But again, hasn't he's in a tough spot. And then Goodwin and Kiner are really big recruits, but they're not there yet. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a question mark. And I kind of still I'm going to operate like I think that room's going to be fine like there's it's running back they're gonna be okay but yeah no it's a it's a problem yeah absolutely i uh, just i mean it's it's weird to think about them being fine when you would have thought at this point that we'd be talking about it being one of the best i mean we have talked about we thought it was going to become one of the best groups in the entire team so i don't know and and, and look <laughs> when you look at the offense that they want to run um you don't need one guy to be clyde I, I think you can make up clyde's kind of production with multiple guys um, but, but, but the position, well, I, I don't know, actually, now I might fight against myself here. I was going to say, but the position is critical, but Jake Pete's has been painfully clear that he's taking a best five mentality 
and he wants the best five. And they might get creative at running back. I mean, they do. They they've had Devonte Lee taking running back reps. So like Derek Davis, yeah, yeah. So there there's potential. It, it's just it's just a group where, and it's mainly I think a lot of it does trace back to TDP and John Emery. So much talent, so much hype coming out of high school, and just haven't quite fulfilled it yet. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think it's just like a a generic like you have five legitimately highly talented scholarship guys. Like I have a gut feeling it's going to work itself out. And I just don't ask as much of running back. So maybe that's where my, like we like my foolish takes coming from, but I just like, I don't like put that much pressure on running back. Cause I think like their job tends to be a little simpler and, you know, that's so I, I'm not like losing sleep over it, I guess is uh, what I'm saying. You could also almost copy paste a lot of the running back conversation, maybe with a bit less recruiting talent and then just like paste it onto the backup offensive line. Because Ooh. it is also a group that has had no development. Yeah, we actually whatsoever. plan on talking about that a lot more, and we got, we didn't, but we can quickly let's hit it real quick. Yeah, I just it's it's like every week I'm asking for check ins from Mo, and just just trying to get some name that's impressed, and it's just not there. It's like maybe Anthony Bradford if he can lose a little weight, but it's like how are you still having weight problems? That's a horrible sign to begin with. About like can you be relied upon? And you're in year three. If you, like, come on. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If you're if you're still having those problems, you're probably always going to have them. I guess. All I'm saying. Yeah. Um. And and, and, and you, everyone's making this big thing of five O linemen back, and it's like again, I think they're going to be better this year. I do believe those five are going to be better, but like it's not like there were five guys coming back who were superstars last year. It was a it was a below average offensive line for the most part last year, yeah. and they had great moments, but it wasn't like completely great. And now you have those five back. And they apparently had a really tough time in the first scrimmage, like a really tough time. Yeah. And then you have, like you said, yeah, Bradford's the one name you'll hear, but you have no real depth there. I mean, I've heard that I've heard Ogeron's told people, yeah, like he's not, he's concerned. Like they have nobody they can really turn to there. I mean, who's the backup center? Like Charles Turner? Like, I think hey, he's said, yeah, Charles we, Turner. We, yeah. We, we say five back. We could almost say six back because Cam Wire. And I do yeah. think that Cam Wire's your first man up, which is a little salve on that wound because he did prove <laughs> to be able to play like, okay, you know, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. Like he can handle any of the other four. But if you catch two injuries, just two, which happens all the time, all of a sudden you're putting someone in there that you're really not confident in at all. And, and that can break down sad. an entire offense. I don't want to make you sad, but you know what should worry you even more? What is that? Okay, you look around this entire roster. 2022 should, in theory, be a really good year for LSU. Just like overall talent. Yeah. Except think about what your offensive line is in 2022. Yeah. That's like actual real, real red flag kind of like concern that I haven't seen at LSU in a few years where it's like, wait, I I do not know what that future looks like. That's bleak. So I think that's got even more than like some injuries right now, which by the way, yes, those are concerns. I'm not downplaying that, but like that's even scarier. It's like, wait, 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 all, all five of these guys are gone next year. I would say, um, grad transfers, but transfer that's not portal. a great grad transfer position. I know. But I mean, wasn't Landon Dickerson? Was he a grad he transfer? Was. I mean, well, I he was know. a Florida State transfer because Florida State was, you know, I don't know. Well, okay. My, my point is, though, yes, this is just a like full court press, leave no stone unturned. Like, we have to sell how open the path to the field is here and how good the rest of the team is. And then, like, if you want, that's why having a really successful year this year will be so important is convincing guys like, look, come join up midstream. It's our one weakness. 
uh, we could be yeah. really damn good if we get it solved. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't fix it. It's the, it's LSU, of course they can. I'm just just wanted to like bring no, that. No, it's dark, in your mind. dude. It's, yeah. It is dark. No, without a doubt. I mean, you're gonna lose the entire offensive line, and you don't really you feel good, so good about good anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and whatever. Uh, maybe Martinez and Hill and. Dellinger and up, some yeah. of these other guys like develop, but it just has not happened yet. And and that's been disappointing, especially for guys like Bradford and Thomas, who also their 2022 class. Not that you're asking freshman alignment to be good or anything like that, but like they're really hitting on the 2022 online class. Yeah, I know. But it's like you said, roster management. It's like such a timing deal as well. And Definitely. Actually, I'm going to ask Austin Thomas about that next week, too. That's a that's a good Hell idea. Yeah. He's good on the roster management. Um, all right, Brody, anything else on what's interesting you in spring right now? No, man. We took a few weeks off, and I think we hit everything we need to hit. We're killing it. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week um, and every week thereafter. The Athletics had a great uh, promotion going on right now. Remember, The Athletic does a ton of great college football podcasts, really like any sport that you love. Sign up for The Athletic, and they have really talented writers covering it. It's, it's, it's truly fantastic. Uh, I've even read a couple Wolverhampton articles, though I'm too ADD to actually yes. keep up with my Wolves love. I've only watched one game thus far. But, well, it's been uh, tough. You did, like you just started became, becoming a fan. Yeah, right, and when the international like a break. Yeah, exactly. so this is um, your time, man. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you to everyone joining us. Look, if you, if you like the show, rate, review, and share it. Theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. Find us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Brody, uh, you have an excellent day, my friend. You too, my guy. All right. Take it easy. We'll see you next week on the Hold That Podcast podcast.